the leash? I mean, how much room do I have to walk around? Okay. So thank you very much, everyone. It's an honor for me to be here this afternoon. I'm going to come out from here. Can you hear me if I talk without the microphone? Is this okay? Okay, you can knock down any equipment, just not that. That belongs to YU. Okay, so just don't knock that down. Okay, I'll, I'll move around this way. We're going to be talking about Kabbalah Shabbat and Shema Uvechoteha. And I just want to give you a, just, just a word about the handout. We probably won't get to everything in the handout. So you can see the handout is annotated. You have my never-to-be-humble opinion about every, everything here in the handout. Here's a brief overview of where we're going to go this afternoon. Kabbalah Shabbat and Shema Vichoteha, that will be our focus. And we're going to be looking at the Nusach of Friday evening through the lens of modal and musical analysis. We all know the Nusach. This is not about what to sing. This is about what about what we sing. What's underneath? What's, yeah, what's under the hood? We're going to be using the language of modal study. Kantabir talked about the, the Bell School and the, the academic approach. This is the academic approach of the study of Nusachat approach of the study of Nusachat And when we do that, we need a vocabulary. And the academic studies of musicology and ethnomusicology, that is the study of the music of culture. When we, when we use that language, we get clear vocabulary to describe music that to you and I might be intuitive. And because Friday evening service is so familiar to us, this gives us an excellent opportunity to analyze it. Right? In some ways it's complex, but it's also so familiar. So we can, we can look beyond just what we're going to sing. I have to make this plug, because I make this plug in all of my classes. Why is analysis important? First of all, a Baal Tefillah is an expert. You have to go beyond just what you're singing. You have to know what you're singing. We heard a session this morning about the text. You have to know about the text. The flip side of that is you also have to know the music in a detailed way, in, in, in a detailed way, in an expert way. Now I want to focus on this pedagogy. This is really my thing. Pedagogy. How do we teach Nusach? Now I'm not talking about teaching Nusach to, to lay people. You can give them a tape, although it would be nice to give them more detail, but sometimes they're not starting from the kind of skills that you can just talk about this in a detail where you have to first give them a tape. I'm talking about cantorial students, students who want to learn Nusach in a, in, a, in a detailed way, especially students who have, and we do have some and I have some students, who have good musical backgrounds but have no background in Nusach HaTefillah. You can't tell them when you use the Nusach. For you, you use, they have no idea what that is. These are insider terms. So by Choosing clearer terms, more academic terms, more descriptive terms, we can better describe what we're singing, and it's a good way to, it can help students understand what's going on. And of course, for your own performance, if you understand what's going on musically, it gives you more tools. So let's begin. This is a chart. Now, you have the full chart in your packet. This is the chart that I give to my students here at the Bell School, and this is just to show you how we might go through, as an introduction in an academic way, the Nusachat Now, we're not going to be talking about the Me'ein Sheva, as I said. I just wanted to make a little point at the very bottom. This was, uh, Cantabir touched on this in his session. I, talking about the phrases of Ritzay at the end. I put here that Cantor Noman in his book talks about the connection to Eichat Trump. 
Cantor said he doesn't agree. I agree with Cantor Beer. However, if you if you read the book, Cantor Nolman does give some uh, an interesting sort of textual explanation. Just wanted to point that out that I am I do include that for in respect to Cantor Nolman. You can see here well, the comments are self-explanatory, but we make the differentiation between tonality and modality. By tonality, in this for this session, I mean is it major or is it minor? Modality is what mode is it in? Because we have many modes that are in the minor tonality, we have modes that are in the major tonality, but we, we have to make the differentiation. Uh, let's move on. General concept of modes and scales. Now, anybody who's taken my courses know we spend weeks on this. And one thing about this, before we even, even talk about this, some of this is theoretical, some of this is subjective. You may disagree, and we're not necessarily, we don't really have the time to get into a, to a detailed back and forth discussion. However, I just hope this makes you, makes you think and can generate some discussion on your own. The scale structure of the modes tells you almost nothing about the modes. Nusach is motivically based. What does that mean? Motives are the small individual phrases that make up the chant. When we talk about the concept of three basic Jewish modes, you see this, see this a lot. People will say, well, there are three modes, Hashem Alach, Magen Avot, and Alvar Fregish. That doesn't tell you anything. Those are really describing scales. These are scales in that context. When we really talk about modes, we almost, a better term for it sometimes is just Nusach. Idelson talks about, for instance, the Friday evening mode. Why? Because he's talking about the motivic patterns, the motifs, the phrases, not about the scale structure. The scale structure doesn't tell you that much. If you, if you take the chant, if you take the nusach and you extract from it a unique note collection, you can come up with the scale. Right? You have Glantz's concept of the 13-note scale. It's a little controversial, but you can see what he was trying to do. He was trying to say, can I create a scale structure from nusach? In other words, going backwards. What can we, how can we analyze the Nusach in terms of a scale structure? He gets himself into trouble sometimes. However, it's an interesting point. Tonality. Yes, yeah. But I'm sure that any one of the modes falls into one of the tonalities. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's absolutely true. In fact, if we look at the three, the, the three Jewish mode concepts, that's why I say they're like scales. They're really describing scales. Hashem Alach. You can say, well, this is a major tonality. All the, a lot of the other Nusach is, is minor. And, and really what you could say, Fregish is neither. It's neither major nor it's in minor. Right? It's its own, it's its own thing. You've seen, I'm sure, the, from uh, the Bell School of Jewish Music, uh, that on each of these there's a worked out motivic uh, Roman numeral one, two, three. Oh, sure. And sure. So that is the uh, that is the motivic. Nusach. That's the motivic the motivic pattern. That is the nusach. That is the formula. Absolutely. So it's not just scales. It's not just scales. Right. What I'm saying is that this is a very limited way of looking at it. I'm, I'm, a, I'm, I'm saying this is limiting. I'm saying we have to look beyond this concept of three Jewish modes because that's, that's not really clear. It doesn't really tell you anything. Some technical terms, again, using the language of modal study. This is how we talk about modes. 
this term ambitus, it's a lot like range in tessaratura. We're talking about non, quote, non-modal music. It just means the range in the, quote, scale where the majority of the motifs fall. It's a way of describing it. And plagal and authentic. Well, these are terms borrowed from the study of church modes where every mode in the church modes had both a plagal form and authentic form. Now, if you've read stuff about Jewish music and it's out there that says that every one of our Jewish modes also has a plagal and authentic form, it's wrong. There's no such thing. However, plagal and authentic as modal forms themselves tell you a little bit about the Nusach, and it's a way of describing it. We're going to see that a lot when we talk about the Lithuanian Nusach versus the Western Nusach for the Shema Vichotel. Yes, we're going, to tell you, we're going to see examples of it all the way through. Simple definitions. Plagal just means the melodic motion is from the fourth above, from the, from the fourth below the tonic. Bam, 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 bam. Authentic. Melodic motion is coming from the tonic to the octave. Simple definition. Simple definition. If you read Grove's Dictionary, you'll get a whole long thing. But this is the simple definition. And this is just the note range of the motifs. That's all. Technical terms that we should have in our vocabulary. So modes used in Kabbalah Shabbat. Now I list three. You may or may not agree. Hashem Malach and Major. We're going to talk about a couple of examples where is it Major or is it Hashem Malach? And we touch on the Ukrainian Dorian as well. Let's talk about the Hashem Malach mode, okay, in a modal abstract. First, looking at the Hashem Alach mode in an abstract way. <coughs> These things are all familiar to you. Its tonality, of course, is major. Its ambitus is tonic to octave. We don't, we don't approach the tonic from below. We start on the tonic. The melodic motion, and we'll see this is often to the fifth. The finalis, where do we end? Finalis is not, doesn't mean the tonic of the scale. The finalis is, in modal study, the ending mote of the chant. It's not always the tonic. And the ethos. What is ethos? This is controversial. Do Jewish modes have an ethos? Ethos is, do they, do they evoke some emotion in you? Now, in the Arabic, the makamat, there's a strong ethos in those makamat. In the Indian raga, in the modal study of Indian music, everything is, has an ethos. I'm going to say, for our purposes, the Jewish modes have an ethos. You may or may not agree. I'm going to say, if you're looking for majesty and exaltation, you're going to choose the Hashem Alach mode, you're not going to choose the Slicha mode. Different ethos. And in fact, we're going to see, if you want to leave, if you want to express something, we're going to look at L'chad Odi, you're going to leave the Hashem Alach mode because you don't, you don't want that same ethos. Here's some abs- abstract here. These are examinations of some of the phrases. This is laid out in scale form. This is following the, the uh, solfege system that we use at the Bell School. You notice that the key of the Hashem Alach mode is the lowered seventh. Lowered seventh. Do, re, mi, fa, so, la, te, do. There's no... Leading tone. There's no leading tone. There is a leading tone, but it's the seventh lower. No, y- yes. Below the octave, I, don't, I have this on the previous slide, that below the octave, a bit below the tonic, it's natural. There is a leading tone uh, below. No, but even the, the, the one that is flat, it's also it's a leading tone. No, it's not. A le- no, 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 no. Technical term. I'm not talking about it that it leads to the tonic. You're right. In the practice of Nusak, in the technical term in music, leading tone is a half step. Okay. A half step in music. <coughs> we have over here some, some typical motifs. You can play this on your own, but I just wanted to, to show you this is a signature motif of the Hashem Alach mode. da 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 the lowered seventh, descending. And this move to the major, Cantor Malavani would object. And we, we learned this morning that Ravitz would object too. Simple move, just, just from coming from the, from the previous tonic. da 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 moving to the fourth above, and resolving to the, doing a, a pre-concluding motif to the second scale degree. 
This is a move that's very popular in Kabbalah Shabbat, and a typical conclusion down to the tonic. We're also going to look at the Ukrainian Dorian just for a second, just to go through this. You see that the raised fourth is here. The Ukrainian Dorian scale, I would divide it up into two tetrachords, right? Because really the action is on the lower tetrachord. It's almost misleading. It's almost not so accurate to say the Ukrainian Dorian is even a scale. Because really when we're in the Ukrainian Dorian, we're really doing, we're really doing, we're operating in this tetrachord. La ti do ri mi da 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 it's really a misnomer. Sure, it's a nickname. It's a nickname, no question. Let's look at an example. This is from the Bell School material. And this is very, very simple, very well done. You can see the melodic motion to the fifth. And the conclusion to the tonic. But I want to get to this famous page. This is the from the Bear Collection, 1883. And there's a lot of interesting things you can say culturally just by, just by reading through this, this page. First of all, this section he has, this is for the, the, uh, the Polish in Gemeinden, which is the Polish communities. He has over here, this is an example of psalmody, he has every verse chanted with a solo voice and response by a choir. But he has over here, the Arbaim Shanal Kupador, he says in the Polish communities, where they're only, they, they, they customarily only sing the beginning and the endings, this is the ending to use. Let's, let's just listen to what uh, he says is the, the Polish version. I'll turn it up. That's Omar Antoine Vavheim. He goes into the Ukrainian Dorian for a moment. And a conclusion to the tonic. Now, it's, it's interesting. I don't know, if you look at this, you might think that what Bear is saying, by the way, if you look at this, there's no lowered seventh here. I'm not sure, you, if you just look at this out of context, you would say, well, is this example of Samadhi in the Hashem Alach mode, or is it major? Because to me, if you have Hashem Alach mode, you need some signature motif. You need to, at very least, have a lowered seventh there somewhere, and there isn't one here. But on the other hand, there's an idea of modal context, right? If you're Dominic Kabbalah Shabbat, but if one, one time at the end of a psalm you don't have a lowered seventh, does that mean you're not in Hashem Alachmon? No. The modal context is clearly Hashem Alachmon. I'm not so sure about this. If he says here that you sing all the psalms this way, I don't know, it's interesting. I, I don't know why you keep referring to uh, major tonality and uh, the uh, Hashem Moloch. Why must there... There's a major feel about it. There absolutely is a major feel. A, a feel about it, but... But, but it's, it's confusing to think of it as major. No, I'm not, I'm not saying that Hashem Alach mode is the same thing as major. I'm saying that the tonality of the mode is major, defined by the first three notes, by the, really the first and the third. In other words, the lower part of the Hashem Alach mode is definitely a major tonality. It outlines a major triad at the, in the lower part of it. And that's, why, that's what I'm making the differentiation between the tonality of the mode versus the mode itself. Because it's it's I not mean, clear. Rather, rather of the mode, of the mode. You can, but if we're trying to look look underneath it, I mean, we look at, for instance, you see a parallel to the Mixolydian mode, the, the Mixolydian scale, right? right? The Shemalach mode of late end to end is like the Mixolydian scale, yeah. 
but the Greek system doesn't really use motifs in the same way. So it's not, that's also an, another way to look at it, but it's, oh, it's perhaps less clear. Scale, right. Okay, let's go on. This is just an example. This is, this is Ne'eman. Uh, and he had uses the Ukrainian door in here. We'll go, go through some of this quickly. Now, Kirtabir talked, talked about this. For Me'inyana, we have Havalashim. This, this psalm, we're usually chanting it in the Magena vote mode. But not just because what's, what might be coming later, but also this, this psalm evokes Shabbos. Let's take a look at the, the, the Magena vote mode, the abstract of the Magena vote mode. If we look at its scale structure, it's a natural minor scale with a common opening motif of one to five. We have a melodic motion to the relative major. Now the finalis can often be on the fifth, not just on the tonic. And I think the ethos here is restful and peaceful, right? It's a very Shabbistic mode. And this idea, the finalis on the fifth, gives you a, an open, kind of a never-ending, eternal quality. It's a very restful quality. Bum, bum. It doesn't resolve, sort of keeps going in your ear, if you think of it that way. And here's some abstracts. We don't have to go through this all, but you can just see opening to the fifth and some extensions. We don't really have time to go through it phrase by phrase. But here's the ending. This is from the Bell School curriculum. Uh, Cantabir just sang this. <laughs> opening to the fifth. And we hear the melodic motion to the relative major. Okay, we don't have to listen to the whole thing. But I just can point out here this. This is a motif that we have all the time. We've probably heard it 20 times today, just in the music that we've looked at. So my question is, and not, don't answer this question. Is this a really a motivic, an ending motif of the Magena vote mode? Or is it an independent phrase type? I'm not exactly sure how to think about it. Okay, let's look at Vodak. Now he gives a Fragish ending. He's really setting us up. If you do Anav Koach out loud, usually you're doing it in the Fragish mode, in the Avarabha mode. So Vodak was the cantor in uh, Vienna, but he received his musical education in Budapest. So the, doing this ending, listen to, a, to it for a second, this might be a Hungarian custom. Tell me who does anybody here do it this way? Adoshem is anybody dominant this way? I've heard, it. heard it, okay. Here we have just a sheet of Anabakoak. We're not going to go through this. We're not going to go through this, Anabakoak. I just wanted to show you if you wanted to play through it. What's that? What's that? Vodak didn't make it to the packet? Sorry about that. Okay. No, I didn't, I didn't record it. I didn't record it. It's too long. Let's go to Lechado D. Now, we already had occasion to hear the German approach. Well, this is the, the Lechado D for Sphira that Cantabir talked about. And here's for Shabbat Chazon, right, for, from, uh, for Eli Tzion. And w you may disagree with this. 
But my feeling is, in analyzing all of the texts that you find, generally the Western Europeans, the Germans tended to have more specific nuschaot or nosachim, whereas the Eastern Europeans tended to be a little bit more general. Right, you saw before, well, he just had one line for what he considered to be the Polish way for Lechud Arana. Here we have a number of Lechadudis here. Um, he has a, a new melody for Shabbat Chazon. Let's do it for a second. Probably composed by Bear or one of his... Now the choir answers, repeats the Chadudi. Okay, so what's the similarity between that and what he has, he has the German, what's the similarity? Well, they're both minor. But this one doesn't really evoke the same thing, but it's just a new way, of a fancier way that uh, the beer gives here, that uh, the beer collection gives. What's that? Sure. nice. I, I would say, you know, if, for our ears, we expect to hear something more, something else on Shabbat Chazon. But... Ask an academic question. Question to the end. Later. All right, well, okay, well, hold question to the end. Okay. The answer is yes, but at the end. Okay, Nusach for L'Chadodi. If you're not singing a melody, what Nusach do you use? What mode are you in for L'Chadodi if you're just going to chant it? Hashem Alach mode. I think that that's pretty common, pretty clear. And uh, this is an example from the Bell School in a simple chant of Bell. Let's look at um, in Lachado D. Usually at Lote Voshi, it's very common to switch the melodies, right? Because the text sort of changes. Right? The mood of the text changes. So if you're going to choose melodies, you might say, well, you might use a slower mel melody for the beginning and a faster melody or a peppier melody from Lote Voshi and onward. If you're just looking at the Nusach, from the Nusach side of it, we might say that Lote Voshi and Mikdash Melech are two examples where we might use minor. Now, this is, an, this is a transcription. I just transcribed it for you from a Moshe Ganshev recording. Um, since Cantabir, you already said, and so I don't have to be embarrassed. I wasn't going to say it. But yes, this is a live recording. Maybe we shouldn't have it. I, whatever else you said, whatever other disclaimer you put in. But I transcribed it for you. Let's listen to the man himself. It's not, it's not, it's, it's high, but it's not that difficult. You should just know 
that which minor is he in? Well, he's a minor a fourth above, because the Chadoni is in D major, and now he's moved to the fourth above for this minor, he returns back to the major, back to D major. The move, the modulation to the fourth above is a very common move in Nusach. Now, let's examine some of the historical record. The Aron Beer Collection, published in uh, 1791. This collection is probably the most complete that we have. It really is the most complete that we have before Zulzer. Now, I have this, this question here. We can't answer it, and we don't have time to even go into what Zulzer was talking about. But what would Zulzer say about this? I think in your packet I wrote a little paragraph about this, so you can think about it. But this is definitely 18th century notation. You see that the use of grace notes here, you're not supposed to sing them or perform them as grace notes. They're, they're written out. They're supposed to be performed evenly. This is a modern notation that I transcribed. Now, just for fun, I played this melody, but then I thought, well, what if I tried to make my voice sound like it was like in a big shul or forgive me a cathedral? So my voice sounds really funny about this, but I don't care if you don't care. Let's listen to this. This is just for fun. Oh, this is the Chadoni for Parshas Korach. I thought it would be interesting. Because in the beer collection, he has a lachadadi for almost, almost every parsha. Almost. It's pages and pages just in, the, in the, uh, the table of contents. And of course, he has no words on it, so I put words. You may disagree with my choices for the words. Let's listen. I sound funny. Just for fun. Okay, just for fun, just a couple of comments here. You see, he doesn't have words. I, my feeling is that these two notes are probably not sung. I think the, maybe he sang with a choir. He probably didn't sing with an organ. But he, maybe he sang with a choir, and these were maybe bass note indications, because I think it's nicer to have and hold that note. That's my, that's my feeling about it. You may disagree. Can anybody tell me what this has to do with Pasha's Korach? And please don't tell me it's because I played it on an organ and it, that's rebellious. Swallow the words. Swallow the words? Oh, that's good. <laughs> I don't know. No, the point is there probably wasn't one. They, they, they probably, he probably did not really think, well, Pasha's Korach, we're just going to write another Lechadodi. We're not necessarily going to tie it to the theme of the Parsha. That's my favorite. Playing through a lot of the Lechadodis in the beer collection, you find there's a lot. There's no, you can't really hear any, any particular tie to something that's going on in, the, in Shabbos. And of course, the music is, the music is very 18th century. Okay, and I always wonder what would what would Zilter have said about this? Is this something he would have wanted to clean up? Something he would have objected to? I don't know. Boy, with Shalom. This is an example of Mayin Yanal. We're not going to spend any time on it because Cantor Beer talked about this, but he didn't give this example. But the moving to Magen Avot mode at the end of the Chadori, the Chadori Notice the ending on the fifth. This is Magen Avot mode. This is how we might would win analyze this. Let's look at here. Let's look at um, the Hashem Alach. 
Mikolot Mayim Rabim. This is the namesake of the mode, but generally speaking, in the Lithuanian tradition, certainly, we, we usually don't use the Hashem Alach mode for Hashem Alach. We usually don't. Let's look at some examples where they do. Certainly, the German communities are going to. Why? Because they're going to stay in major for Shema Ovir Choteha. We are not, or the Lithuanian is not going to stay in that, uh, that tonality. Um, this is not to listen to, just if you haven't seen the original for this melody, thought it'd be interesting for you to have. If you haven't seen it, it's interesting to see what he does with the words. This is Tadi Kata Amar. But Lewandowski also has a Shemalach mode, a chant. Hashemalach, this is the psalm that he chants out. And my question is, is this the Hashemalach mode or is it just major? Um, let's listen to it for a second. Um, it's the melody line. This sounds Hashemalach mode to me. Certainly the introduction is. Here we are. Other side of the screen. Now he takes off a little bit, doesn't he? The words got cut off here, sorry. Now, here's the only example of a lowered seventh, but it's not a lowered seventh used in a modal way. This is setting up a secondary dominant, right, to F major for a moment. The choir would take over. Yeah, sorry, that's so slow. So, Hashem Alach Bod or just major? I don't know. In a modal context, in the context of the whole service, we could call it Hashem Alach Bod. I don't know. This is some of the ambiguities that, ambiguities that I find as a compulsive categorizer. What is this as opposed to that? You may be more comfortable with the ambiguity. That's up to you. Can we listen to Kanta Malavani for a minute? Uh, too bad he's not here because I use this completely without permission and I hope he's not, won't get mad at me. <laughs> this is from his CD of great, great cantorial, great Hebrew arias. This is a famous composition that uses this segment here. Just to, just to listen to it sung nicely, that's all. Okay? Let's go on. Now, this is Vodak. This is clearly Hashem Alach mode. This is not ambiguous. Lower at seventh all the way. Okay, we get the idea. about this. 
But of course, I have a handy-dandy chart. <laughs> now, the chart, of course, breaks it down again into tonality and modality. We have the Lithuanian Nusach, Nusach Lita. I give you some communities. Um, Idelson refers to this as the Friday evening mode. Right, it's the Nusach for Friday evening, according to this custom. The Western, Western and Central Europe, and uh, some Hasidic communities as well, as Cantabir mentioned. The tonality is major. The mode is Hashem Malach. The Valhinian or the Ukrainian, the tonality is minor, but the mode is definitely Magena Vot. And the choral major, which we'll look at some examples, it's major, it's German. We'll see some examples. Where is Valhinia? Well, Valhinia is now in part of uh, northwestern Ukraine, actually, and it, it went back and forth between Poland and Lithuania, and it was swallowed up at one point by the Soviet Union. And since we're talking a lot about music of the late 19th century, this is a, a world atlas from the late 19th century. You can see Volhynia here sandwiched between Poland and Lithuania. Here is Glantz with a Volhynian example. You can see that this is clearly Agena boat mode. <coughs> Opening to the fifth. Baruch Hashem. <laughs> You see the finalis on the fifth, and this da 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 da. The mode ends. The, the chant ends on the fifth. That is the finalis. Choral major. Now I might be wrong. Correct me if you think I'm wrong. I think that that Galantz coined that term. I, I could be wrong. I think he did in his book Renat Hakodesh. I could be wrong. You don't see it notated that often, but Zulzer notates it. Kochko in one of his two thesauruses. He has an easier one and a more difficult one. He notates notates it in one of them. What's interesting about this, the choral major, it's a parallel minor, parallel minor, of Nusach Lita. They're both plagal. Yes, it's, it's the parallel major of Nusach Lita. Nusach Lita is in a minor, a, a, a plagal form, from the fourth below. Ba -da 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 this is ba -da 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 -da. Let's look at some examples. We'll go to Glantz again, note the plagal form from D to G, and if you just look at these first two notes, you might, you don't know which Nusach you're going to sing. Ba-da-da, you could be, you could go minor, you could go major. So let's, let's, let's listen to this for a moment. Choral major. Okay, you get the idea. We're not going to spend too much time with it, but you can hear the similarity. It's just it's, it's in a, the parallel major of Nusach Lita, which is, which is interesting. Here's Zilzer, choral major. It's the same idea. We won't play it. But he actually gives the choir something to sing. It's very similar. Now let's look at the Western, the German Nusach, German in Central Europe. This is the most common Nusach that's notated in the collections. And uh, what's distinctive about it is this pre-concluding motif. Let's listen to it for a second. This typical ending of 365, ending on the fifth. Now this pre-concluding ending. Now the second is now the new tonic for a moment. The minor on the second. 
Is that ending? Da 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 da. Fancier. Here, ending here on the tonic above. We're going to see another example of this. But this, it's. I'm calling it a pre-concluding ending. Let's call it like a a, a pre-bracha, right before you go into the bracha. And this. This establishes in this key anyway, E minor for a moment is a new tonic, and you're really doing four, five, one. Da da da. This is becomes your new one of your new key. Next. Here's a more elaborate version. This is Aaron Friedman, and he doesn't do the same ending. He wants a fancier ending. He this is what Neumann gave you as an alternative. Ending on the octave, because it's it's more chazanis, you know. Let's go on. Time is short. Want to show you some examples. We won't necessarily play them. What one of the characteristics of Western Nusach for for uh, Shabbos Baruchu is these melismatic Baruchus, right? In our shuls, mostly we reserve these for when Yamim Noraim. We have ah, but the idea of using a melisma for Baruchu is very common, especially in in the Western Nusach, and you see it also on uh, Shalosh Regalim also. There's also a little meditation. Who says that little meditation? Sometimes you see in some Sidurim, and sometimes the, 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 the Chazan would, would do an, a, a melismatic passage on Baruch Hu to give the congregation an opportunity to say that little meditation. It's like Yitbarach something. I don't know what it is. But this is just an example. You can play through it on your own. Don't want to spend too much time on it. Now we have Nusach Lita, Lithuanian. And this is very difficult to find written sources, except for contemporary pedagogical sources. We'll talk about that in a minute. The modal form here is plagal. Now here's where, if I were trying to describe one Nusach versus the other, the Western versus the Eastern, I can say, well, the Western is in an authentic modal form from the tonic to the octave. But we start below the octave. We start below the tonic. We have a plagal form, and it's the same pre-concluding motif, only it's an octave lower. But it establishes, musically, a minor on the second, just as it did in the Western. Let's listen for a second. This is from the Bell School. Very familiar to you, but over here you can see if we're in G minor, the new tonic for a moment is A. And so we have the same da 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 four five one. Four five one. Now, if you look at this, I don't I don't didn't write this down here, but this da 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 this four five one thing comes up a lot. We talked we can't be mentioned it in the Krovan Nosak. It's really the same same pitches, isn't it? Da 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 you reverse it, you get da 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 the ending for Shalosh Regalim in the, uh, in the Amida, right? It's interesting, interesting parallel. Not drawing any conclusions from it, but an interesting parallel. Try to find a historical record. How far back can we trace Nusach Lita, this specific Nusach? It's, it's difficult. Now, Idelson's thesaurus, he gives it. Now, Idelson, of course, is 20th century. He's writing in the 20th century, and this is from his thesaurus of Eastern European Jewish song, but he says this is what he knew. In other words, he's notating this from his own oral tradition. What's interesting here, how are we for time? Five minutes. Five minutes, okay, so we won't play this. But I just want to show you that the Baruch here is in major. 
So what he's saying is, as far as he knows, Eastern European Nusach, Baruch Hu should be in major. And then you go to the Nusach afterwards. And this is uh, Wasokowski. This is a, the same Nusach, but we looked at it just in a little bit of a hierarchy. This is very interesting. This is Birnbaum, A.B. Birnbaum, pol uh, published in Poland in 1908. He gives Shema in major just like the Western. But look at what he does. Let's listen to it for a second. This is probably the earliest I can find. Down in the lower, the lower notes. There's that plagal form approach from below. Now he goes major for Shema Yisrael. Because you know what he's going to do for Shema Yisrael. But isn't this interesting? He doesn't have that in the rest of the service. I found that to be very interesting. And here's a little bit of a historical theory. You can disagree. But my feeling is that since Lithuania, Vol Volhynia was part of Lithuania at one time, it's possible that they picked up the minor tonality from Vol the Volhynian Nusach and they combined it with Western motifs because that common pre-concluding phrase, da 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 that points to a common source. It points to a common source. This is my theory. The other thing about this, and I have this question, here's my pointer, is Nusach Lita now Nusach America? Well, Kendiver, you said, not really Nusach America. However, it, it's very common. And I can tell you, without that, no, without, well, they should. I mean, it's part of the Nusach. I mean, well, the, the thing is, well, that, that's, a, that's a different question. That's a different story. But what's interesting is, the modern pedagogical sources that are training cantors in America use Nusach Lita for the most part. Right, the Bell School Israel Alter Sabbath Service, which was published you know, by the other schools, as Cantor, Cantor Malvani talked about it being hijacked. Well, be that as it may, but he wrote Nusach Lita for his, his pedagogical work for cantorial students. Kachko gives it, Ne'eman gives it as one of four. But it's, Kachko actually gives both, right. But in the easier book, he gives, he gives this. Nusachlita. Um, Naaman actually gives you a number of, uh, he gives you four choices. He, gives, he actually lists all four. But it's interesting because it's becoming more and more, you don't hear the other Nusachot anymore. Not so, not so much anymore. Chasidim and the common, you know, in the. Wait, which, um, oh, no, that's Idelson's, Idelson's Thesaurus. He tells you that that number 38 is from that collection. I'm not sure if, do we have the Wasikowski collection at the, at the library? Parts of it. Some of, Idelson was also looking at working with manuscripts also, so I don't know if that appears in any of the printed collections that we have. I don't know. Now, I just have um, one or two things of the variation. The Hashkivenu I was going to talk about, but fortunately, since we're out of time, Kantabir talked about it, the idea of Meyin Yana. But I just wanted to show you, this is Israel Alter, who does the same, very similar, it's, it, it sounds very similar to what's in the Bell School sheets. Let's just listen to this for a second. This, that, that beginning. But this is very nice. It's a little melody now. Very expressive. Now, for Yerushalayim, listen to what happens. 
team. Isn't that interesting? An interesting variation. I just want to point out, by the way, that this ba-dum, ba-bum, bum, people in my congregation have asked me, is that from Wagner? Ba-dum, ba-bum, 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 No. What is this? Ba-bum, ba-bum, bum. We're moving into the Magena vote mode. The Magena vote mode is an, has an authentic form. But this is coming from, if we're establishing E as the new tonic for the Magena vote, if you're going to sing an E minor for the rest of the service, whatever you want to do. But here, he's just echoing what you just had before. He's telling you, well, we just had bum bum ba da 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 It's lower, right? It doesn't matter. This, I think, is why we have this little motif here in the end of Hashkivena where he wants to start the Magena vote mode. He first begins with a little bit of what we just had. Bum bum ba dum dum. So I guess me'inyana in reverse. Well, I hope you enjoyed going through this. We went through it very quickly. I'm, I'm open to questions. Thank you.